tonight's topic I'm super excited to talk about because literally every single time I put a sticker on Instagram, like asking people for topics, this is by far one of the most like requested adult happy hours, if not the most. So um, for all the spiritual mommies, poppies, zaddies, and zammies, um, we're going to talk about Tantra tonight or tantric sex. Well, we're going to talk about Tantra and there'll be a little sex splashed in there as, as there always is. Um, but one, I think that, uh, this particular topic is really interesting from like a philosophical framework. And then two, um, there's a lot of misconceptions about tantric sex and like learning where those misconceptions stemmed from was really helpful for me to push against like colonizer uh, narratives as it relates to sex. Um, so I'm excited for us to talk more about Tantra tonight. Welcome everyone. Before we jump into our episode, just want to say a quick word. I am not a sex therapist or a sex educator. I am simply someone who enjoys talking about all things sensuality, eroticism, uh, sexual pleasure, and sexual health. These are messy conversations about sex um, that are necessary in order for us to ensure that we are defining what pleasure means to us. Um, and as this is our first season, we welcome feedback, especially as it pushes us to be more inclusive. In the future, I hope to be able to provide you with a plethora of resources and to have guests on the show who are experts in these topics. We appreciate your patience with us in advance. For those of you who don't know or maybe have not heard of Tantra, it is a medieval philosophy which emerged out of Hinduism and uh, Buddhism in India during the 6th century. Uh, many people are drawn to Tantra because of its focus on disembodiment, uh, connecting with the divine and exploring pleasure. But tonight we're going to talk a little bit more about the history, the philosophies of Tantra, and then later how we might leverage Tantra as a way to explore pleasure. So I pulled the definition from dictionary.com, as I always do. Um, you know, I love my sources. Um, and the definition says a Hindu or Buddhist mystical or magical text dating back to the seventh century or earlier. And um, it's known for having certain adherence to doctrines and principles involving mantra, meditation, yoga, and rituals. And oftentimes in the West, when people talk about Tantra, um, it can be like synonymous with sex. Like chances are, if you've heard of Tantra, you've heard of tantric sex. Um, and so while the sexual practice of Tantra and connecting with the divine through like orgasming is a small part of Tantra, it actually extends to many areas of life. So if you're in a mantra practice, a meditation, yoga, um, or a ritual practice, the chances are that there's some influence of that that has come from um, tantric philosophies. Um, we also know there are um, eight principles of Tantra that, again, are based in um, mantras, meditations, rituals, etc., and yoga. And... Um, only one of those eight principles is sex. But for whatever reason, well, not for whatever reason, because we know once them uh, British people came into India and they saw like what people were doing with Tantra, they probably like 
isolated and exploited the like sexual part of things and then they called it theirs and wrote books about it like there's this when I was doing this research this is crazy there was a professor in the 1800s who labeled himself as the first researcher of Tantra and wrote a bunch of bunch of articles and made people refer to him as the first person to like write about Tantra even though there's these like medieval Indian scholars who have been who have books from the seventh century like he was the quote-unquote first and um like yeah so all of these people made it like very much about sex but that's only one of the principles of Tantra and it's not even about it's not even about the act of like having an orgasm or having sexual uh, like gratification it's really about transcend like using your like orgasm as a vehicle for connecting with the divine so a lot of even what we think about with tantra is as like a an act that happens with another person right because it's sexual based but like when you masturbate or when you're like playing with toys or when even if you're not touching yourself and you're you have like an orgasm like you can get to all of that using tantric sex principles but it's not about the sex it's about getting to that deeper spiritual place I think that knowing that history too is really really important because um as like as people who are born in the United States and like very much indoctrinated into Western philosophy and like ideas, I think oftentimes when we have conversations around like um, sexual exploration, um, the conversation is not representative of all like identities and all um experiences and walks of life and like if you were to go to Amazon or go to like a bookstore um and pick up a modernized book about tantra the chances are that if you're black if you're disabled if you're curly or curvy if you're like if you're um fat or gender queer or non-monogamous like you're not going to see yourself reflected in whatever that text may be. So a lot of the learning that people have done in the West around Tantra does not like reflect the principles and practices, but also doesn't like reflect everybody. And that is a huge part of like what Tantra is about. It's about being the most embodied spiritual, like version of yourself and everyone having access to that version of themselves um so one thing to know is that tantra at its core is a revolutionary practice that has been used to challenge taboo and revolutionize thought and i think it has the potential for folks who may not see themselves represented in sexual spaces to have a framework for exploration that grounds you in the spirituality of the moment so I wanted to create this episode as a resource for exploring Tantra outside of the Western sexual fetishized gaze. I can never say that word. We're leaving this in, bitch. This is real life. Fetishized gaze. Yeah, that. Okay, so for the first thing, um, this is not really the first thing because I already talked about other things, but that's okay. Um... <laughs> I wanted to start with a brief history and description, a little like overview of what Tantra is. And you guys also know that I love having philosophical conversations. It's kind of a kink for me. So excuse me for a moment while I get a little hot and heavy um, and nerd out. It's my naughty light. My naughty librarian is like coming out a lot today. Mm. Um, so the term Tantra comes from a Sanskrit word that's derived from uh, the root word tan, which means to compose mold shape or weave and then the other part of the sanskrit word is that it refers to the type of text it is so it's an instructional 
text and um, it's usually written as a conversation between God uh, and goddess. And um, one of the things that is super interesting or that I found super interesting in doing the research on Tantra is that uh, a huge part of the practice is around creating rituals and traditions that helps both the mind and the body to reach a divinely spiritual uh, space. And I've been super into like rituals and traditions as of late. Um, so just thinking about how to create those kind of things around like, you know, the spirituality of self-pleasure is is really beautiful to think about. And then I think another thing that came up a lot in my research is um, just looking at different like art and poetry that was um, coming out of the sixth and seventh century and representing uh, Tantra. So they have an amazing exhibit at the British Art Museum. Um, that has a whole bunch of like drawings that reference Tantra um, and not just tantric sex, but the meditation, yoga, uh, traditions, rituals, all that kind of stuff. The chakra work. Um, it, this collection is um, like one of their stationary ones. So it's always there if you ever find yourself in London. And then um, the other thing is one of my favorite favorite poets of all time, Rumi, um, who is known as like one of the most prolific Sufi poets. He writes about love from a very like deeply philosophical, like spiritual lens. And like when I read Rumi for the first time, I was like, I'm a motherfucking love poet because the way this motherfucker talks about love, it just makes you feel otherworldly. Like it makes you feel like when you meet your soulmate, you guys are going to like astral like project into another fucking dimension and realize that you we're always meant to be together because you're like the dust of stars that have found each other in every lifetime. Like the shit is just fucking beautiful. But he, um, he incorporates a lot of t tantric principles into the way that he writes about love and life, um, which I thought was so interesting because I've loved Rumi, um, since I was a young person, I'm still a young bitch, but you know, since I was a young, a younger person and, um, I never really knew about his connection to Tantra. So that's just a little bit of research that I did. I think the other thing that came up a lot too was, um, the idea of like higher beings. And, um, so a lot of like, uh, the writings about Tantra, reference gods and goddesses um and there's a lot of reference to like the divine female um that that you see in some of the artwork and so I don't know if those ideas like I don't think those ideas come from Tantra but I just think it's like interesting that um they're represented that way and it's and sort of part of the practice is about reaching your like higher inner deity that lives like in you and then um the last thing that I found interesting was just that there were a lot of connections to magic and sorcery and divination and I think um sometimes when we think of like a philosophical like academic practice uh, and framework of thinking about the world we like don't necessarily associate that with magic but um there's certainly I don't know like there's certainly a connection between what we know what I think everything we don't know about life is like about magic and everything we do know we just like call it science but they're married to each other and I think that Tantra is a perfect example of like that being respected and existing in tandem with one another. So I think the other thing that I want to talk a little bit about in terms of the history. So um, it's widely believed that Tantra was developed and has continued to develop because of like counter culture movements that have led to its expansion. And so like 
first it spread throughout India, then it spread throughout Asia and then to the rest of the world. Um, but in the sixth uh, century, the rise of Tantra coincided with the rise of new kingdoms after um, the breakdown of two like major dynasties that have been in a place that had been in place for a long time. And um, during this like first wave of Tantra becoming popular, it was widely adopted and accepted by politicians and artists um, because they were sort of looking for new ideologies to like, um, you know, just to mess around with. I don't know what, whatever the case may be. Um, but if you Google like tantric art, a lot of the imagery that will come up will be from the seventh century to the 17th century. Um, so that was sort of like the first wave of Tantra. And then another really notable wave of popularity for Tantra happened in um, the United Kingdom and the United States in the 1960s and 70s. And so during this decade, um, Tantra became popular uh, during a time when politics were sort of radicalizing. Um, and you had like the anti-war movement, the anti-capitalism movement and the free love movement movements going on um, at that time. And then you see Tantra sort of come into uh, like a more global conversation. But as mentioned before, it was very heavily focused on sex. And honestly, like in my research, my naughty library and there she goes again in my research I didn't I didn't find any like academic article that was like this is why that happened um but my inclination as I talked about before was just that there was like an inherent sensuality that was in this like religious philosophical practice and like once people um in the United States and the UK, like, saw that. They probably, like, sensationalized it um, and were thinking about how to, like, commodify Tantra. Um, and so that became, like, a huge heavy focus of what people think it is um, in the United States today. So I think the next thing that I really want to talk about is sort of, like, the misconceptions that have come out of just viewing Tantra as a sexual practice. Um, and I want to reframe, like, let's talk about what the principles of Tantra, like, actually are and how um, we could think about using them as we explore our own pleasure. As we get into the misconceptions, one thing to know is that uh, the goal or, like, founding principle of Tantra is to achieve spiritual and energetic contact through a sensual experience. And when we think about sensual, not necessarily sexual, but like using all of your physical senses to experience life, sex, etc., deeply. Um, so the first misconception that I wanted to talk about is that um, a lot of people think that tantric sex is about sexual pleasure. And the truth is that tantric sex isn't just about sexual pleasure. It's more about celebrating your body and feeling a heightened sense of sensuality. And when I say heightened um, sensuality, again, I mean like really leaning into all five senses. So taste, touch, sight, smell, and sound. Um, in order to fully experience sensation, and presence in your experiences. And um, the aim is not always to achieve orgasm. Instead, it's about feeling a connection either to your partner or to yourself that is both intense and enlightened. And to achieve that intense and intense and enlightened state, um, you may incorporate uh, rituals, which help us to basically like slow down the process and Thus might include doing things like breathing, incorporating sound bowls, or like a playlist that's specifically meant for that um, moment. And then um, maybe doing things with movement like spooning or aligning your chakras with your partners um, as you embrace in order to activate that sacral chakra and that sexual energy and connection. Um, 
I think that when I think about like who this uh, practice can be helpful for is like if you're someone who experiences spectatoring, um, which means that you get stuck in your head during sex and you're unable to be present enough to like fully experience that moment, this could be a really helpful practice for you. And I say that like from my own experience, because for many years, a lot of the sex that I was having, I just felt like very disembodied but like not in a good way where I was like thinking about if I looked good if I smelled good like if the other person was enjoying it um is that how this is supposed to feel I was just like having all of these thoughts like swirling in my heads when I in my head when I first started having sex um and one day I just like got tired of that because I had never had an orgasm and um I like googled what could help me to sort of get out of my mind and Tantra was actually one of the things um that came up and one of the suggestions that I saw was having like a mantra that you could sort of connect yourself to so whenever you experience that like disembodiedness it like brings you back into the moment so that you can first be physically present in order to get to that enlightened space. And like, I don't even remember what the mantra is that I wrote down for myself, but I just remember like once I discovered this practice, I had a mantra and every time um, I would be having sex, I would like think back to it. And I'm sure my mantra was probably something like really dirty and nasty because that's just like who I am. <laughs> like I was probably like, yeah, bitch, get that fucking shit. You're so fucking hot right now. Or like, so, you know, some something that I was telling myself in my head in order to stay present. Um, but it worked. And I did finally have my first orgasm. It wasn't during sex. It was actually during like solo pleasure, but then it brought me closer to knowing like what worked for me so that eventually I did finally have my first orgasm with someone else. Um, and speaking of, I think the second misconception that I really want to talk about is just around like Tantra being a practice that you need to have a partner for. And the truth about it is that while many couples practice tantric sex together, um, and it's often like something suggested by sex therapists when they're working with couples, it can also be a really powerful individual practice. Um, if you listen to season one, then you guys know that I really love solo pleasure. I have made it a part of my daily routine. I wake up in the morning, I have my coffee, I write, and I masturbate. <laughs> um, but I think um, one thing that I came across in my research is just thinking about like trying tantric principles when you're masturbating. So thinking about like um, you know, not just like shoving your fingers right into your vagina or getting right to just like stroking your dick or whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be. But really thinking about like slowing down, um, touching yourself gently, allowing your fingertips to just like rub all over your body and appreciating all the dips and curves of your body coming up with a mantra about the beauty and sensuality of your body um and then like maybe trying a tantric sex position with your toy or with your hand or whatever it is that you're using um <laughs> one of my like most incredible sexual experiences is um this one time I did shrooms all good stories start with that <laughs> This one time I did shrooms, um, I was having like a really hard time experiencing all the sensations because if you've ever done shrooms, you know, like it just turns all the fucking frequencies up. And in this particular like situation, I the, the frequencies were too loud. I was trying to do too much. And uh, because I was so overwhelmed, I found myself like slipping into a bad trip. And I'm one of those people where, like, 
if I'm going to have a bad trip, I know it's for a reason. And I can usually be like, bitch, ride the wave and don't let it ride you. But I was just having a really hard time in this. I probably did a little bit more shrooms than I planned to. So I was dumb high. But um, (laughs) as I felt myself like slipping into this bad trip, I decided to um, start my tantric like practices. And so I turned on some sound bowls and I found myself like searching for where the pleasure was living in my body and touching myself all the places that felt good. And I was able to like turn my trip around, but then I also was like super turned on. So I started to like touch my clit. Um, And the next thing you know, I had been masturbating for like 30 minutes. I came three times listening to sound bowls and it didn't even like feel sexual. It just felt like I was using my orgasm and like where the pleasure was in my clit to like connect to something deeper in the universe. Um, And it could have just been the drugs, but it worked for me. So that's that's all I'm saying. Um, here are some like other tantric practices that um, I've enjoyed or that ha- like came up during my research. So somatic movement, um, which I'm not going to get like too deep into each one of these, but we do have a guest coming later in the season that's going to talk about somatic movement. And I'm excited for that. Um, meditation and breathing to orgasm creating the right environment that's very important like thinking about things like lighting ambiance all of those things that like contribute to the vibe make you feel more comfortable and get you into that more comfortable state of being where you can like reach your higher self and then of course like massaging tracing the skin with your fingertips um and like just touch in general is really good So the third misconception is that Tantra is about uh, yogic, yogic, that word sounds weird, but whatever, yoga, sex positions. Um, And the truth is that while Tantra is definitely, um, and Tantric yoga is definitely a thing, many people conflate Tantra with the Kama Sutra. So the Kama Sutra is an ancient Indian text on sex and love. And it's similar to um, Tantra because it has sex positions. um, And like there's a practice and a part of it that relates to sex. But Tantra is about finding positions that help you to gain spiritual experiences Whereas the Kama Sutra focuses on how to gain pleasure. So one is about like that disembodied like divinity and the other is about being very embodied in um, your physicality in order to gain pleasure. Um, But I think in both practices and I think this part of it is really important because whenever I think of like the Kama Sutra or tantric sex positions. I always think about people like bending in really freaky, like crazy ways. Um, And that's actually like not what either one of those practices is about because uh, when you're practicing yoga, like there's levels to the shit and you're supposed to sort of be finding where it feels right for you and being in that space instead of like bending into really strenuous uh, poses and positions. And so in tantric sex and in the Kama Sutra, um, in order to be like close to your partner, it's really important to find what feels comfortable to you and what positions help to bring pleasure to your body and your soul. Um, Many of the physical positions in Tantra are again like focused on aligning different chakras in your body or in your partner's body so that you can connect spiritually. So for example, one of the most popular positions is sitting on your partner's lap facing one another um, and both people are sort of crisscross applesauce and one is straddling the other 
Um, and in this position, each one of the chakras is aligned to the other person. Therefore, you're able to connect deeply in the spiritual spiritual realm. And I will say, be careful who you do that position with because um, it's also can be referred to as like soul gazing. And when you're soul gazing with someone, that fucking connection you build with them can be really really strong um so be careful who you yeah be careful who you straddle that needs to be on a t-shirt um <laughs> yeah um, I think it's also important when we think of sexual positions too and um just to like hone in on this idea of comfort and what feels comfortable because the older I get the more that I am realizing and recognizing though I may look 20 something I am a 35 I'm about to be a 35 year old woman and my body is always changing and thus like my physical limitations are also changing um and I think that a lot of like a lot of folks who Ha who may have um disabilities or like chronic illness um it's um like it's important for us to be thinking about how finding comfort in positions can sort of transform a sexual experience into a spiritual one um because like it allows you the opportunity to feel really empowered in your mind and in your body. Because if your body is comfortable, your mind is going to be more at ease and more open to those sort of like um, spiritual experiences. So I think this is really encouraging for all of us to think about because it means that there's sort of this limitless and like infinite way for you to explore because again, your body is always changing. So your your comfort and what feels pleasurable to you will continue to change and grow as you are practicing in your sensuality and sexuality. Um, and Tantra provides us a really good framework for thinking about how we can use that physicality to get to um, that enlightened, intense spiritual experience no matter what body you have um another component of tantra this isn't necessarily a misconception but this is just something that i feel like needs to be named um another component of tantra is uh <laughs> using the tantric principles during sex uh, to prolong the experience so that you can reach that spiritual place. So the positions are set up so that you can't just like stick a dick in something and just like pound the shit. Like you can't do that with Tantra because somebody's going to come quick and it's just going to be over. And it's really about that like prolonged state of being in your spiritual um, space and so one thing that one idea that came up that I had never encountered before was this idea of um, friction based sex. And a lot of people who are um, <laughs> who are having sex either with a penis or with a strap are having friction only based sex, which means just like pulling the penis or toy in and out, in and out over and over again. But. In many of the tantric sex positions, it sort of like limits your body and limits you so that you can't perform this motion and you have to discover like new ways of moving, whether that's like fast or slow grinding um, or like activating the spine to allow the nervous uh, signals to travel up to the brain or even just like being still and letting your like parts connect with one another while you kiss or do other things, um, you'll find that there's a lot of other movements that can bring you to orgasm that 
are completely different kinds of orgasms than what you're used to. Basically, what I'm saying is that there are levels to this shit. And once you experiment and get into them positions, you're going to come and you're going to be like, bitch, what the fuck just happened? That was crazy. I didn't even know I could come just from someone sitting inside of me and kissing them, which has actually happened to me. Um, from doing this shit. But again, you have to be careful. You can't do that with everybody. But I guess the bottom line is that um, Tantra is a good practice to give yourself um, to both mind and body in order to find pleasure. And that it's, it's not a part of this sort of hedonistic view of instant pleasure that we encounter a lot in our everyday lives in the society that we live in. But it's really helping us to get to that higher, deeper self-development in order to practice our sensuality in all forms. So Tantra, the beautiful practice of Tantra. So it's time to do Pillow Talk with Lynn, as we do at the end of every episode of Adult Happy Hour. Um, And for this episode, I have a very very special person joining us in the studio today. Um, I want to welcome my friend, uh, prolific artist, um, typography or typographic designer, graphic designer, rapper, producer <laughs> extraordinaire. We cancer. are <laughs> manifesting some of these. Candle emoji, candle emoji. <laughs> Cancer Bay, non-binary baddie, themselves, <laughs> X. Thank you. Hello, everyone. The There's like an applause in the background. Yay! Woo! It's the audience season, is going so. crazy right now. Oh my gosh! Snap, 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 snap. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my god! We gotta put this out in there. Wait, no. What's that? How does it go? The like. What's the like, you know, the Jamaican? No, like, literally, the, that was what I was doing. Uh, the Jamaican air horn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do it again because I don't remember how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know what I was doing, but it's okay. it, There were hand motions because yeah. you can't see us. Right. Probably. Well, I made a sound, but it wasn't that one. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay, so we just, you have been in the studio with us. Um, as we've been recording the episode on Tantra and um, Clutch like came through on some research. I said something incorrectly. We had to re-record it, but y'all will never know. You'll never know. I'm not going to tell you. X. Because mm-hmm. of X. I'm never going to tell know. you. Right. Because I'm loyal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, wait. Oh, and you're like the resident videographer for the night yeah so we're also adding that to the resume thank you yeah yeah a whole videographer um but I'm curious because you sort of got to hear like the episode from start to finish all the shit we're gonna cut out um you have been here to kiki with us because we do lots of that in the background and we'll we keep some of that but we, we there's lots more kiki that people don't hear um, and then we've had just like side conversations. Yeah. <laughs> but like what? So usually I do my like thing that I'm walking away with. So like what's your thing that you're walking away with? Oh, OK. I have my thing. It's definitely. And I have a question for you. Yeah, about I love it. questions. OK, so something that really stood out to me was. Um, I have done this thing. Where <laughs> um, I just assume that people can't pleasure me the way that I want to be pleasured. So I end up getting pleasure from being amazing. <laughs> <laughs> from pleasing them. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, too. yeah. So it's like. First of all, can I just say <laughs> that like. I'm a switch because if I realize that you cannot fuck me the way that I yeah. need to be fucked, I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. Exactly. And I'm going to dom the shit out of you. And I spend a lot of time doming. Yeah. it's <laughs> And I actually really enjoy subbing, but I do not find many people that can get me there. Yeah. And like, 
Yeah. I also a switch. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah. So I think part of that is that I am super in my head during sex. Often, like I'm just super in my head all the time. I'm an Aquarius moon, Aquarius rising, Venus. Um, and and Gemini, I'm a cancer. (laughs) So it's like, and yeah, I'm super sensitive. So it's like every, even like if there's the environment has to be right. That was something that you Mm -hmm. were talking about. It's like the environment has to be really like, I'm just so sensitive to everything that I'll get distracted. So aesthetic we aesthetics need yeah we i'm need like the if there's not 20 candles lit what are we doing what are we doing <laughs> um but so yeah i get super distracted by the environment um if i don't feel super safe i think that's definitely like mm-hmm. i cannot have an orgasm um and so like yeah, having that as sort of like the base of like which is kind of I just want to say that being a switch out of like someone else not being able to hold that space or like do the thing that like you know, you not being able to reciprocate is like what the fuck, y'all? Get it's it together. Trash. Get it together. It's fucking trash. <laughs> like, get it together. Unsubscribe. Delete, Unsubscribe. Delete, delete. Unsubscribe. What is happening? We don't like it and we don't want it. We don't want it. We don't, yeah. And also, I think if we're calling a spade a spade, that... Call mo- it. Right. <laughs> most people with penises um are used to having their pleasure centered totally and so like even when you think about like the social scripts we see on tv like when um like people are having sex as soon as the person with the penis comes like the sexual act is over on tv and it's like right people that are socialized as male yeah 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 yeah. it's like it's all about them i mean and that is kind of like the where that I'm like, oh, this is my pleasure space because otherwise I'm don't have like there's nothing else that's interesting about this to me yeah. unless I'm just like being impeccable of Mars and Virgo perfection. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but another thing that I wanted to say, and I haven't even gotten to the first thing that I wanted to well, say, but that. like on that topic of like it's over when someone comes um which i somehow i don't know like there was this time where i was giving him for like an hour and a half and um and then i had like an energetic orgasm like mm-hmm. as a result mm-hmm. speaking of like alternative mm-hmm. orgasms yeah. um and i think that involved like this person coming multiple times yeah um but like so back to the first thing that I wanted to say is that yeah I'm super in my head often and so having a mantra Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in the mantras yeah that like bring you back and like ground you yeah yes um, and if you had any like mantra suggestions, <sighs> well, <laughs> was that the question? Sort of. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just kind of like opening up. Yeah. The conversation. Yeah. I love that. Well, I, and I think too, something that I'm learning about like teaching is that questions are often the most like important thing. Like it's not our responsibility to like tell people everything about how the world should be but like sometimes it's about having the right questions to help people decide like what they see you know totally yeah 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 Yeah, so I think um I think oh gosh you just gave me so many different things to talk about one um my like practice now I'm like I've been doing the mantras during 
like sexual experiences since I was like 25. So it's just like a part of my practice now. So I'm constantly like in my mind talking to myself dirty <laughs> during sex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I recently had a partner where I could say all of the things that I said in my head out loud. We and love. That was really fucking magical. And yeah, it was dope. I but. love. I love talking during sex. Yeah. Audio. I'm yeah. a big sound yes. person. A thousand percent. Um I think when honestly, I think when I first started <laughs> So, like, pussy worship is my kink. And, like, yeah. And so someone, like, thinking that I smell good, taste good, they live for this shit, like, whatever. Literally, this is the only thing that exists. Like, right. this is your. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a Mac Miller, like, <laughs> line that's, like, um, something about, like, I just eat pussy. Other people need food or something like yes. that. I don't. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think my first like mantras were about just like my sacral chakra and just being like, this shit is so fucking good. Like, and at that time it was mostly when I was masturbating and I would like just describe it myself. When you listen to Natural Phenomenon, you're going to know that's where Natural Phenomenon comes from. Wow. It's like from my mantra practice of talking about my pussy. I'm going to start talking about my pussy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But um, then when I, when I started doing it with other people too, like as soon as I would start to question like, oh, I wonder if like it like smells good or I wonder if they're like enjoying this. I would be like, bitch, Look at them. They fucking love this shit. They can't get a fucking enough of it. And I'm just like hype. I'm like my hype man in my head. Like yes. talking up my own shit. Um, or yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Get, I get really turned on by the sounds. Yeah, I am. I'm like, damn, I'm about to go home and fuck. <laughs> Cause I was thinking last night, my husband woke me up like in the middle of the night and we were having sex and all I could hear was just like that macaroni sound of the shit like macaroni in a pot. <laughs> right. But at the time I also didn't I was so tired, I kinda did I was like, I don't know if I wanna do this. But then as soon as I heard that, I was like, bitch that shit is so fucking wet listen to that he loves this shit he can't get enough of it and then like i'm into it so i think that's what works for me <laughs> i feel yeah. yeah i feel like there's some of that going on in my head for sure yeah 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 I, and i think that's a good place to potentially start with writing mantra so i'm really happy you asked this question because it's hard for me to think of what I said without thinking about the things that got in the way. You know what I mean? So yeah. like if you were to write down everything that you tell yourself that's like not good and then think mm. about how you can flip that in a way that's like motivating and exciting. I feel like that's how you can write a mantra that works for you. Totally. And I, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about how definitely like what gets in the way I don't know why I wasn't thinking about it before when I was saying this but it's like sexual trauma yeah and like dissociating 1000% I talked a little bit about like spectatoring yeah and know like, that exactly and how, like tantra can um sort of like support us with that but I think what we don't often talked about is a uh, talk about is that spectatoring like comes can come from sexual trauma um, and can also come from experiencing things like bullying, like, you know, just like all of the abuse. things. Abuse. Abuse. Yeah. yeah. Just ab abuse. So um, it that's something I want to like explore and talk about more because as someone who has experienced sexual trauma myself, I think um, sex has was always a touchy thing. After that, and what happened to me happened to me when I was, like, fairly young. So so it was, like, before I even was, like, a consenting person. Um, and so 100% of the sex that I experienced before 
discovering this practice was spectating and thinking about that trauma and then also being someone who has body dysmorphia and dealing with bulimia as well thinking about the way that I look the way that I feel and the experience of the other person before thinking about myself and what I'm experiencing so um I th- I feel like if we were to do like another episode, I would want to like talk more about that. I think that would be a really cool like entire topic of an episode. For sure. Um because I'm I'm sure that a lot of people experience that specifically like from sexual trauma and abuse and um yeah, just like so this is something that's like adjacently related. Um, and we were talking about this actually safety, consent. Oh yeah, I was thinking about what consent. is mm-hmm. consensual, yeah, ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, what is consent? Yeah. What are people consenting to? Okay. Okay. So we have like a whole episode in the first season on consent. That doesn't mean that we will not have more because that is such a topic to unpack. But um, I've been thinking a lot about like knowing what you're consenting to. And it's so interesting. I've been thinking about this because like Instagram keeps changing its features every other fucking day. Yes. And I finally just realized that like, I didn't consent to be on an app where there's just like all of these videos. Like I consented to be on like a photo sharing app. And even this is like, we need to talk about harm reduction (laughs) because I didn't ask for this and you're doing it to me. Yeah, And like, I want our conversations about consent to be that, like to be all of the umbrellas of like what consent is. Right. Like I, I, started a relationship i started dating an image app (laughs) now all of a sudden you have like movies and i'm like i never even said i wanted to watch a movie i'm overstimulated yeah i'm (laughs) not like what i bargained and now you're just (laughs) giving me all these things like i never even out i never said yes yeah 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 yeah. but i think that people Again, consent is like one of those words right now that people often associate with sex. And it is very important to unpack what consent means with sex. But like relationally, there's a lot of things that happen where we need to be aware of like what we're consenting to. There was a there was a third thing you said that I wanted to talk more about. I was talking about spectating, mm-hmm. um was- EM. I was talking Oh, Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we're gonna have a whole other episode. We did we did not we did polyamory last season, but I want to talk about ethical non-monogamy because a lot of the boys mm. are out here in the streets <laughs> yeah. saying that they're non-monogamous and they are gaslighting, abusing, lying. Right. And so they're employing all of these practices of coercion and manipulation associated with monogamy. And it's like, no, you're actually still non-ethically non-monogamous because until you get into the practice of like not manipulating people and being honest with them you're not actually practicing ethical non-monogamy until you're in the practice of communicating and using radical honesty you're actually not practicing ethical non-monogamy and what you are practicing is harm right and so it's not ethical (laughs) so like you're a fuck boy Bottom line. Bottom line. You know who I'm talking we to. We know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this. If you're listening to this, we can boil down all of our problems to. He gave me pyrite. <laughs> <laughs> told me it was fucking gold. So many people qualify for that. <laughs> that is um, X's song. It will be dropping on all streaming platforms in the future. Yeah, they're coming out soon. Right. Stay tuned. Experiments at Midnight, Instagram. Yes, get on it. Um, yeah, I feel like um, I want to share my like closing thought, like takeaway, because um, 
me and you could talk for like hours and should but also and do right <laughs> but also i gotta go home and put a titty in somebody's mouth yes well based on this conversation i think i gotta put a titty in two people's mouths <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but um uh i think my takeaway is that um i guess like I'm just thinking so I recently found out that I'm a projector like if you're someone yes. who's into human design and projectors are all about frameworks like we love a framework we love to facilitate frameworks like as like ways of learning and being and I think um that I like I said have been practicing principles of tantra in my own sexual practice for a really long time and they've been helpful but doing this level of like research and unpacking and unlearning and relearning um i think it's been helpful to think about like tantra not under the lens of um just like all of these different ex sexual expectations and to really think about that spiritual, like that basic principle of spiritual connection. And I think actually in the process of doing this, something that I learned about myself is I'm not really like interested in having sex with people anymore unless we have a really strong spiritual connection. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, but I that hasn't always been my experience. Like, <laughs> You know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I am polyamorous for a reason, okay? And I like, yeah. I um I have I have um done some things and been a few places, if you will. <laughs> but um, you know, I've had relationships with people that were like very much based in sex and even sometimes like transactional and Sometimes I didn't feel anything about that, but sometimes it definitely like took something away from me. And I think I'm just at a place in my life where belonging is so sacred, connection is so sacred that I'm only interested, life is so short, I'm only interested in giving my energy to situations that I'm super drawn to, captivated by, that also involve consent and that feel good even when we're not having sex <laughs> yeah <laughs> a concept. right right um and so i think yeah i think just thinking about the spiritual the spiritualness of everything um it's making me think about how to approach sex with like rituals and magic and sorcery and like what could manifest when I treat something that is so important to me as such a like sacred thing in my life. So that's my, that's me. Yeah, that is, I mean, I feel like every time I have sex since like a particular point in time, I'm definitely like, oh, this is an offering to the divine. Yeah. Like that is what. That's a fucking mantra right there. Yeah. yeah. Fully, I'm in that. Yeah. Like I, that is where my headspace is at when I'm having sex. Yeah. Um, and personally, I don't have time to be having bad sex. Like I'm not going to be out here yeah. just fucking. Like, yeah. I have shit to do. Yeah, I got shit to do. <laughs> and, like, it's just so sacred. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so sacred. And that can be with, like, as many people as you want. But just, like, you know, it, make it sacred. Yeah. If you want, you yeah. don't have to. But I'm just saying, like, it just changes everything when, like, your sex is an offering yeah. to the divine. And I feel like... As far as, like, rituals and stuff go and, like, Tantra and all that, like, I've wanted to dive into it. It's kind of, like, I feel like it's, like, there have been people where, like, a position has been, yeah, and, and there's more. But it's, like, I feel like you have to 
find someone who's really down. Yeah. Like is like really like yeah. spiritual. One thousand percent. Yeah. And also is like in that in that space yeah. that um yeah, wants to really go into the yes. like literally like we're gonna align our chakras together <laughs> and but you know what that's also why i said to be careful because yeah because literally i found <laughs> someone who was down with that and the and it was amazing and the connection was fucking incredible what's the sign it's a virgo it's two virgos so like literally what i was gonna say is that um during those sexual moments, it was really beautiful and sacred, but then the practice didn't translate to the other parts of the relationship, like the emotional communication. And so I think for me, like, I know, I now know how to be really honest so that I can be down with someone like that, but I'm learning how to be emotionally vulnerable enough to also ask for that kind of connection when it's not just that we're having sex, if that makes sense. No, that, what you just said, totally. There was like a switch in my brain where I was like, oh my God, where like, okay, so we just talked about sex being an offering to the, to the divine, Mm -hmm. sex being an offering to the divine. And, um, So in a relationship, everything outside of that and in any relationship, which means all the time, Mm. um, everything is an offering to the divine. Like there is no outer to this. Yeah. I think that's like what. Period. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what I feel when I'm on shrooms. Right. It helps me to like see that. Yeah. And like, oh, my God, everything is connected. But like literally everything is connected. And like, I mean, there's levels to that, too. Right. Because we could talk about how the individual practices we have of power sharing and power hoarding in a one on one relationship contribute all the way back to every single relationship that has ever happened throughout human history. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, I I say that to say too, I think that comes back to my thing about like belonging and connection being so sacred because the way that we belong to each other, the way that we connect to each other, if we're friends, if we're two people passing each other on the street is so important because that's energy that we're like, putting out into the universe and that energy like and we are the universe yeah okay so how about this let's end on this note and i'm gonna let you say it because it's your mantra that you're giving to the listeners yeah we'll close out with just saying that every action you know go out and make every action an offering to the divine and so this is my offering right now thank you for listening (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being our guest and for giving us that note that beautiful note to end on i think it's perfect alignment to the topic of tantric sex and tantra just as like a life practice of um living in our own divinity um and thank you all for listening we'll see you next time or hear you i mean (laughs) thank you bye Bye. (laughs) before we go want to give a few shout outs first to our wonderful dynamic just illustrious beautiful producer and sound engineer Rihanna Simone, um, who is in the studio with us every week, producing and making sure we sound good and making sure everything makes sense. Um, If you want to see more of her work, there'll be links to her social media in the description for our show. Um, And also, our theme song is produced by Rihanna Natural phenomenon and features poetry by me and the beautiful angelic full voice that sounds like honey 
Timbriel. You can find her social media and links also in our description. And you can even find a link to Natural Phenomenon on Spotify if you'd like to hear the whole thing, which you do. So go give it a listen. (laughs) And one thing I love about Adult Happy Hour is we have a wonderful community of listeners. And this all started with an Instagram post, which led to weekly discussions, sharing resources, learning, and so much more. I get so excited when y'all see me in public and tell me you've come from something you've heard on the show or when you DM me to tell me you did some kinky shit and I want us to continue having moments like this. If you learned something tonight or if you really just enjoy hearing us giggle, join us on Patreon where you can hear behind the scenes shenanigans hotels and conversations that just get deeper and juicier it also helps us to continue bringing you the content that you love so follow the link in our bio and if you're not already following us on instagram what are you doing jk um you can find me at poetry and tings and we do adult happy hour in my story every single thursday i cannot wait to hear from you and thank you so much for supporting us